You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the health classes you missed. I just want to firstly say thank you for listening to the first episode of the No Stupid Questions segment that I've started. I had really good feedback on that episode so thank you again. Uh, Once again if you do enjoy these episodes please hit follow wherever you are listening to your podcasts. Um, I would appreciate that so much but today to get into this episode we are talking about the importance of sleep. Now If you know me well, you'll know that I am a very sleepy girl. I love my sleep. I cannot function without at least seven hours. Every night I go to bed around nine or 9.30 and I wake up around six. Now, when I tell people this normally, they go, oh my God, how do you go to bed so early? But my partner does exactly the same thing. So I think that helps keep me in sort of a rhythm because we both get to about 9pm and he is super tired and I'm super tired and we're just like, all right, sweet. And again, we both get up at the same time in the morning. He's a tradie. So if you are a partner of a tradie, you will understand that. Um, But sleep has always been very, very, very important to me. So I'm excited to get into this one and hopefully be able to not only teach you guys something, but inspire you to go and get a good night's sleep as well. Now, according to Healthline, the average adult requires about seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Now, children and teenagers need more than this, especially if they are under five years of age. So, of course, babies need up to 17 to 18 hours per day, um, and then it gets less as you get older. There are, of course, many, many things that stop us from getting a good night's sleep. So, work schedules, stress, children pets. I'm feeling that one at the moment. My dog is getting up at all hours of the night and I hate having broken sleep. So that's been one for me right now. Uh, Medical conditions or illnesses, or of course going out and about, maybe going out dancing. You know, you're not going to get a good night's sleep. You're probably not going to bed until about two in the morning. So that's going to change your sleep pattern and things like that as well. I actually polled my followers on Instagram and about 49% said no to getting adequate amounts of sleep or getting, you know, between that seven to nine hours of sleep per night. And this was for various reasons. I had a lot of messages about having a baby. So that is a key one, which of course you can't really help that if you've had a baby, they just get up in the middle of the night. I did say to a few of you though, I hope that you're getting at least those two hour blocks. So you're getting through a full sleep cycle some of you were, some of you weren't. Uh, Looking at phones in bed was a really big one as well, or being on TikTok, which I totally understand that too. Sometimes I even put my phone in another room to charge overnight. And because my partner gets up at the same time as me, I can just use his alarm. Um, But that has been something that's worked for me or making sure that you get off like an hour before bed. I will talk about all of this in this episode though. Um, Or shift work was another really common one where people, you know, either didn't get home till really late and not being able to sleep. And I totally get that too, you know, not being able to shut off 
um, or your night shift worker, which again is going to change the way that you sleep and is just going to maybe put you a little bit out of whack with everyone else. So, so many reasons why we don't get sleep. Life just gets in the way and it is totally understandable. But I hope after you listen to this episode, you can at least make a few little changes if you are someone that doesn't get a full night's sleep. So why is sleep actually important? Now, getting a good night's sleep is, of course, so important for your health. So this is just as important as eating well and exercising. And this is because it affects your overall well-being and quality of life. And by quality of life, it just means the standards of health and happiness or comfort of a person or a group of people. So first, I guess, before we start about why it's important, I should talk about what it is. So according to the 1998 Nursing Standard Journal called The Importance of Sleep, it's a state of natural unconsciousness where one can be woken up. Now, people originally thought that sleep was passive. This was about in the 1950s, again, according to that journal, and our brains were just kind of chilled out while we slept. But we now know that our brains are quite active while we rest, especially in different stages of sleep. Neurotransmitters, which are nerve signaling chemicals, control whether we are awake or asleep by acting on different groups of nerve cells in the brain. So that's kind of how we sleep. Now, according to the Sleep Association, I am quoting this directly, research shows that neurons in the brain stem, which connects the brain with the spinal cord, produce neurotransmitters such as serotonin and norepinephrine that keep some parts of the brain active while we are awake. Then we also have other neurons that are at the base of the brain that signal when we fall asleep. So these kind of switch off the signals that keep us awake. So our brains, of course, as I just talked about, they do not just shut off. It is actually quite a dynamic activity that's happening inside of our bodies while we are resting. Now, according to SA Health, there are two interacting systems that control our sleep. So the first one is our homeostatic sleep drive processes. That's quite a mouthful. But pretty much what this does is it balances out the time that we are awake with the time that we are asleep. So kind of the periods of being awake with the periods of being asleep. Now, it also helps us feel sleepy or drowsy if we have been awake for too long, and it can also help us sleep long enough. So if we're not being woken up by alarm or anything, uh, this is what helps us sleep so that our bodies are getting an adequate amount of rest that we need. And that, of course, again, can be for so many different reasons. For example, we'll sleep more if you're sick. The second process is called our body clock, or in other words, it's our circadian rhythms. Now, this is created by our CNS or our central nervous system and controls a lot of our biological processes such as sleep or body temperature and also hormone activity as well. Now, our body clock or our circadian rhythms, it's synchronized with the 24-hour cycle of light and dark. So this is why we get sleepy at night in the darkness. It helps make us feel kind of progressively tired throughout the day. And then as natural light disappears in the evening, our body releases melatonin, which is a hormone that causes that drowsiness. And then we decide, oh, it's time for bed. We want to sleep, which I just think is quite cute. And I don't I don't know if cute's the right word for it, but it, it kind of makes you think or brings you back to like caveman days when we didn't have technology, we didn't have things telling us the time. And we, you know, our bodies just know it's natural. 
I don't know. I I just love that. <laughs> now, things such as jet lag can mess with our circadian rhythms or our body clock, of course, going into different time zones. Our body stays the same because we are thinking, you know, maybe we get to America, for example, and it's morning, but it's supposed to be night over here. We're still going to be tired. Our bodies are still going to be feeling like it's bedtime, even though it is light outside. Um, now, you actually can, little fun fact here, when I was traveling, I always took a melatonin supplement so that I would sleep and kind of get myself into a rhythm of sleeping when I needed to be in the certain country that I was in. So you can actually supplement it. It's not something you should supplement the long term, though. And of course, don't go out and buy this without talking to your doctor first. <laughs> Now, I just talked about when the kind of the natural light is disappearing, uh, we release melatonin. But when the sun rises, the body releases a hormone known as cortisol, and this promotes energy and alertness. So thinking when it's dark, we're releasing melatonin. When the sun is rising and it's light again, we are releasing cortisol. And that is so that we are up and about and we're ready for the day. So now we're going to move on to talk about sleep cycles. Now, sleep isn't just one long period of unconsciousness. We normally pass through four phases of sleep uh, throughout the night over and over and over again. So we've got three stages of something called non-REM sleep and then one stage of REM sleep. Now, REM being the acronym R-E-M stands for rapid eye movement. So you've either got stage one, two, and three of non-REM and then one stage of REM. I hope that makes sense. We'll go through it, of course. Now, each cycle lasts around 90 minutes on average. Of course, this can change person to person, but we generally just say about 90 minutes. So I want you to think of this just like a circle that is going around in a cycle. So we start at the top at, you know, 12 o'clock with stage one. Then we've got stage two at about three o'clock. We've got stage three at six o'clock. And then we've got our REM stage at nine o'clock. And then we start again back at the top at stage one. So remembering that stage one, two and three are non-REM. And then we've got our REM stage. So starting off with stage one, this is our light sleep. This is kind of when you're drifting in an hour, you can be woken up quite easily. You maybe won't even know that you're asleep if you are kind of woken up during this stage. It is quite quick as well. It usually only lasts around five to 10 minutes. Now, some things that are going on with your body during this time, your body temperature drops, your eye movements are slow and your muscle activity slows as well. You can also experience sudden muscle contractions. Now, these are known as hypnic jerks. And this is when you are in that really light stage and you feel like maybe you're falling or you experience that falling sensation. Um, I think most people have experienced this before and it kind of just makes you your whole body jolt and you either wake up or you wake up just for a second and then you can fall straight back asleep. But it's quite intense, that feeling when you are, you know, either you can be dreaming something as well, or you've got an image in your head that you're, you know, falling off a cliff or falling off your bike or something like that. Um, and it is really abrupt and you do feel like your whole body just jerks for a minute. 
Now, this doesn't just have to happen once. People uh, often find that their muscles will jolt a bit during this stage. It doesn't necessarily mean you're experiencing that falling sensation as well. It just might be that, you know, your muscles are relaxing as we just touched on the muscle activity is slowing. So that is just a reaction that occurs. My partner is actually ridiculous with this and he literally jolts about 50 times before he goes to sleep. He doesn't wake up. He doesn't know that it's happening. I definitely do because all I can feel is someone moving their limbs around next to me. Now, I'm not sure if this is a male thing as well, but I know that a lot of my uh, my friends have the same complaints with their boyfriends or their male partners. Um, and I don't I don't get it. I don't feel like I do it, but um, that is something that <laughs> keeps me awake for sure. Now, some people actually experience this in a much more serious way as well, and it is classified as a sleep disorder. And this is called periodic limb movements of sleep. And this is where the movements are reoccurring to the point where a person cannot sleep and they wake up a lot. So that's when they are experiencing those jolts so often throughout the night that it is causing a disturbance to their sleep. Moving on to stage two now, uh, you are still easy to wake in stage two. However, this stage goes for a lot longer than stage one. So in stage two, you are here for about 30 to 45 minutes. Your eye movements stop and our brain waves become slower. So when we talk about brain waves, this is just the electrical activity in our brain that can be measured by electrodes. Sometimes during this period, we can also see rapid waves or like bursts of waves, and these are referred to as sleep spindles. Now, there's a lot more research that needs to be done to kind of understand the meaning of sleep spindles, but they are thought to play a role in the process of learning and the process of new memories. So it might be really important in kind of forming memories or consolidating knowledge that you have learnt throughout the day. Moving on now to stage three and oof, I love stage three. This is known as our deep sleep phase or our slow wave sleep. During this phase, our breathing slows, our muscles relax, our heart rate slows down and also our sensitivity to sound and light is quite limited. So that just means we're quite difficult to wake during this period. If you are, however, woken up during your deep sleep phase or stage three, you will feel quite groggy and disoriented. Now, deep sleep, of course, is our most satisfying sleep period, and this can last anywhere between 10 to 40 minutes. But throughout the night and as as the night or our sleep progresses, it gets less and less. So we start off getting more towards that 40 minutes. And then by the end, we're probably closer to that 10 minutes of deep sleep before we wake up. And of course, that's just to prepare our bodies for the day ahead. You will also find that during this stage, this is when bedwetting, night terrors or sleepwalking can occur. I'm a pretty big sleep talker and kind of do a not really walker. I don't leave the room, um, but I honestly think this is why I am so dependent on my sleep because during my deep sleep, I am always doing something. For example, the other night woke up and I was, I had a tea next to me on my bedside table. I had taken my drink bottle lid off and I was pouring my drink bottle into my empty teacup. And I just woke up and I was standing at the end of my bed doing that. And that is not my body resting. So if you are like that and you are someone that 
finds that they are moving around a lot in their sleep or they're really up and about and their body is not necessarily resting, it's more important for you to get a good night's sleep because, or to get a longer sleep and maybe closer to that nine hours because you are not getting that rest. (laughs) And I totally feel that. It's so weird. So make sure, that's just such a random thing to put in here, but make sure that if you are one of those people like me who is up and about a lot in their sleep, get closer to that nine hours. Now we've got our next stage, which is our REM sleep or our rapid eye movement stage. Our minds are very active during this stage and we usually experience really vivid dreams here as well. Now our breathing becomes rapid and shallow. Our eyes can move or kind of be darting in different directions Sometimes our limb muscles also become paralyzed, which I thought was quite interesting. Our heart rate increases, our blood pressure may rise, and this is when, for penis owners, they can develop erections as well. Now, REM periods are shorter at the beginning of sleep, but they can get to around 30 to 40 minutes before we wake up in the morning. So you'll see a kind of a pattern there where our deep sleep shortens, but our REM sleep gets longer throughout the night. So that's kind of the shift as it changes. As we keep going through those 90-minute cycles, different stages will change. So that, of course, as I touched on before, is just so that our bodies are not really in that deep sleep as we get to those later hours in the morning. So those are the four stages, the non-REM stages, which are one, two, and three, and then our REM stage, which is our fourth stage or our rapid eye movement stage. So moving on now, we're going to talk about something called sleep deprivation. Now, We've all probably heard of this before. If you haven't, it basically means not having adequate amounts of sleep or depriving yourself of sleep. Now, if you are a parent, I'm sure you understand this all too well. Um, If you have any kind of medical condition as well, you may have experienced this before too. Now, it's important here just to note quickly that this will occur over a period of time. So if you miss one night of sleep, I guess technically you are depriving yourself of sleep, but you're probably not going to reach sleep deprivation over one night because usually a good night's sleep the next night will set you back on track. So this is, I guess, good to know for all of you rascals who like to go out and dance on a Saturday night just because you maybe get less sleep that night if you go out and then you're, you know, at home Sunday and you get a good night's sleep, you should be back on track for your week on Monday. Now, sleep deprivation can affect our memory and our concentration. It can cause people to become quite irritable as well. It can, of course, increase feelings of drowsiness, fatigue, and result in just a lack of energy overall. Now, this can be really dangerous in certain situations, of course, especially when you're doing everyday things such as driving a car, which is a very, very common thing people do, of course, and we do hear about the effects of fatigue or being tired on the road. This can be super dangerous. Of course, as I just said, it makes us feel really drowsy and can affect concentration. You need to be concentrating if you are driving a car. So another circumstance where this might be particularly dangerous is if your work involves a lot of physicality or for you to be really mentally sharp because this could cause a work 
injury or just become really dangerous, not only for you, but for the people around you as well. Now, according to Healthline, the CDC reports that staying awake for more than 18 hours is comparable to having a BAC or a blood alcohol concentration of 0.05%. So that is if you're a fully licensed driver in Victoria at the legal limit. But if you go above that, you are, you know, you can get a fine for driving um, above that BAC in Victoria, which is super scary to think about. If that sounds like a bunch of gibberish to you, go and listen to the effects of alcohol episode that I did a couple weeks back. That is all explained in there. So it's really important not to underestimate sleepiness or drowsiness on your ability to do things like drive a car. And if you need to pull over and have a 15-minute power nap that will re-energize you, hopefully, um, but try not to make it longer than 15 to 20 minutes if you are in that circumstance. And why? That is just because you don't want to enter the deep sleep phase. So you don't want to be sleeping for, I guess, longer than maybe 40 minutes, um, but try and keep it really short so you are just in that light stage of sleep so that you can get up and be quite alert again. So moving on from that, we are going to now look at the benefits of sleep or why sleep is so important. There are so many benefits of sleep, but here's just a few that I thought were key to chuck in here. So the first one being it can improve mood and concentration. Now, cognition, concentration, productivity and performance are all negatively affected by sleep deprivation. So we touched on that quite a bit just then. Uh, If you want to perform at your best, you want to be really productive. I know that's such a thing these days of increasing our productivity, making sure that we are on task and we're getting things done. I nearly said a swear word then. Do not underestimate the power of getting a good night's sleep. You need it in order to be at your best in that way. Another thing, it can help maximize athletic performance. So it helps enhance our fine motor skills, our reaction time, and our muscular power and endurance. Lack of sleep can also increase risk of injury and, in addition to that, decrease our motivation to exercise. And of course, each of these things on their own are super important, but it is important as well to understand that there is a relationship between our sleep and number one, our mood, but number two, our motivation to actually get out and exercise and to increase that within our lives as well. A third reason here, super, super, super important, it can affect your mental health. So depression is strongly linked to poor sleep quality and sleep disorders as well. If you have trouble sleeping and you actually do feel like it is impacting your mental health, super important to please talk to a healthcare professional and get that sorted out as quickly as possible. If you do need support straight away, call Lifeline on 131114. A fourth reason here is that sleep supports a healthy immune system. So of course, living in these COVID times, very, very, very important to take into consideration. I've said very important about 12 times already. According to Healthline though, a lack of sleep has been shown to impair immune function. If you want to be your healthiest, getting a good night's sleep is so, so necessary for you in that way. So make sure that is in the back of your mind as well if you are someone that does not get a good night's sleep. 
And just a final one here, it affects our emotional stability and therefore can affect our social interactions. So a lack of sleep reduces your ability to regulate your emotions. You are more likely to have emotional outbursts or withdrawal from social events, which can lead to loneliness as well. Now, I think we've all experienced that before. Maybe you haven't had the best night's sleep. You wake up in the morning and you you just feel a little bit like your brain's a bit fried and you just, maybe you cry if you're like me and, and maybe a bit overly emotional. You might feel like you get frustrated really easily or one thing happens and then you're just like, ah, and you know, you lose your marbles a little bit. If you are someone who relates to this really important to talk to someone around you. This could be a friend, a family member, or of course a healthcare professional. They can all provide support. And this is super important for everyone, but specifically if you are a mum, maybe um, you've just had a baby, a mum or a dad, of course, but you know, if you are someone getting up in the night a lot or someone that does shift work as well. If you want to learn a little bit more about regulating your emotions as well, here I am plugging another episode, but I did an emotional literacy episode uh, at the very start of this podcast, so you have to scroll down a little bit, um, but that is there for you as well if you're interested. So quickly now, just going to touch on a few sleep disorders. So some people just struggle to get to sleep in general. Again, for a variety of reasons, I touched on some of those at the start of the episode, But sleep disorders are some of the most detrimental uh, conditions to a person's overall health. Now, I'm going to touch on about four here. So the first one being insomnia. Now, insomnia can happen from jet lag, from stress, from diet, and a variety of other factors as well. This can happen sometimes or it can happen often. Now, this is different for everyone. Mild insomnia can be helped with practicing good habits or creating positive lifestyle changes. But if you are experiencing a more severe case of insomnia, go see a healthcare professional. You may be prescribed with sleeping pills. This might work, this might not. There's also things like light therapy that are being tested and tried now for insomnia. Um, But of course, if this is you and you feel like this is you, please go see your local GP or talk to someone about it. Another one is sleep apnea. Now, this is referred to as, I guess, interrupted breathing during sleep. So this is when a person's windpipe actually collapses and can block their breathing from 10 seconds to up to a minute, causing the person to wake up most of the time. And this is because the blood oxygen levels have fallen. Now, snoring is really, really common for people with sleep apnea and surgery is sometimes needed or mild apnea can be prevented through uh, weight loss or differing sleeping positions. So not sleeping on your back. A third one here is periodic limb movement disorder. So we touched on this earlier. This is where people repetitively jerk um, or kind of move, causing them to wake up. And now this can be relieved through medication And the last one here is narcolepsy. So narcolepsy is when people have frequent sleep attacks at random times of the day. And this can occur even if a person has had a normal night's sleep. It doesn't mean the person is necessarily sleep deprived. This can last, these sleep attacks can last uh, seconds, but they can also go up to more than 30 minutes. Now, this is normally hereditary, but can also be linked to brain damage or another more serious neurological disease. To treat narcolepsy, generally stimulants, antidepressants or other medications can help control symptoms and prevent dangerous effects of falling asleep randomly. 
So finally, last little bit of this episode, we're going to be talking about promoting a good sleeping routine. Once again, so many different reasons why people uh, might find this hard, but having a healthy day and night routine will help support you to have a better night's sleep. So here I am talking about routines again, but they're so important again. So here are just some pretty easy ways that you can help your sleep routine or help yourself get a better sleep at night. First one is completing daily exercise. Our bodies want to move and we're supposed to move every day. Getting your body moving in any way that you can is so important as it can make your sleep deeper and it can reduce anxiety as well. So this doesn't mean going and thrashing yourself in the gym, although that's great if that's what you like to do, but just getting your body moving in general. Go for a walk. Do some stretches. That can be really good to do before bed too. I will touch on that in a moment as well. Just get up and get moving. We sit far too often. I just taught my year nine class about a video. uh, It was called Sitting is the New Smoking. And a few of them have really gotten on that. Um, So making sure, you know, even throughout the day, Getting up, having a break from sitting on your chair. If you're you're driving around for a lot of the day, pull over, get out, just stand up, move around a little bit, dance in the lounge room, whatever it is, do some exercise every single day in whatever way works for you. Second one here is about avoiding caffeine at least five hours before bed. So caffeine is a stimulant that is found in coffee, tea, and drinks like Coca-Cola. So if you can avoid consuming any of these things before bed, especially, you know, five hours is kind of the recommended time, but even three hours, that will help you wind down and help you sleep. A third one here is avoiding heavy meals too close to bedtime. So it kind of makes sense, you know, it's harder to sleep when your insides are working hard to process Uh, whatever food you've just eaten. So making sure you try and eat your dinner a bit earlier than before you're going to bed. And of course, I understand as well, this can be so hard. I used to work until late into the night, maybe till like 10 p.m. And if you're hungry after work and you want to eat and then go to bed, sometimes you can't help it. But if you can avoid it, do that. Number four is try not to nap during the day. So of course, this can make it harder to sleep at night. I loved a good nap when I was growing up. Sometimes you just need them, but try not to use that as an excuse for not getting enough sleep during the night. So remembering um, the cycle. So you want to make sure that you're going through your full cycle of sleep. If you if you desperately, desperately need to have a nap, that of course is okay if you're that tired, but don't go, oh, I'm going to have an hour nap here so that I can, you know, have an hour off my night's sleep. It's not going to help. It's not how it works. And you will just wake up probably feeling super groggy from your nap. So again, if you do nap, try and make them under 30 minutes. Number five is about preparing yourself for the next day. So this can help ease the stress of the mind. So for example, you might get your clothes out for the morning. You might write your to-do list for the next day just so you feel organized and so you can get everything out of your head. Number six really rolls on from that journal and meditate. Now I talk about this all the time, but writing down your thoughts and emotions before bed 
again, just to get them out of your head is really great to allow you to actually have rest. I've had too many of those nights where I go to go to sleep and my mind is just buzzing or just racing. Meditation is also a great way to distract you from those kind of anxious or stressful thoughts before bed. Um, I use the Smiling Minds app that a friend recommended to me and I love it. It's totally free. You can also use lavender spray um, or lavender oil if you're really struggling. This is just purely anecdotal. Um, It is thought to have soothing effects. But yeah, I found that it's helped me. I just use a facial mist that I bought at Mecca. Of course, you can just use the oil, but please do not put it directly on your skin because it might burn you. You can just put like a little bit under your pillow and things like that. And that is actually believed to enhance sleep. So if you are someone that struggles, that might be something that helps you as well. Number seven is to switch off early. So many of you messaged me after I put uh, the poll up on Instagram and said, I cannot get off my phone. I'm on my phone too late. I'm on TikTok too late. Getting off your phone and your TV an hour before you sleep can be really, really helpful. So you could use this time in between, maybe that hour, you could journal, you could meditate, you could read, you can stretch, you can literally do anything but look at a screen, maybe having a bath, putting a candle on, talking to your loved ones, I don't know, anything else, just turn off the screens. Number eight, it seems, you know, very straightforward, but making sure the temperature of your room is comfortable and that you have limited lights on, of course. And, you know, if you can, reducing any unwanted noises around you. Again, if there are a few unwanted noises, Uh, meditation is really great. You can pop your AirPods in or whatever you've got and listen to that instead. Number nine is about setting a good sleep pattern. So this is about making sure that the time you go to sleep and the time you wake up are very similar every single day. So I talked about mine. Mine's about 9 to 9.30 p.m. and I wake up around 6 a.m. most days. And because of this, because I've done this for so long, by 9 p.m. I am tired. Like my body knows that it's time to sleep. And now I naturally get up really early in the morning, no matter how much sleep I've gotten, which is annoying sometimes on the weekends, but my body just knows, well, it's, you know, the sun's up, it's time to get up. So you can do this in any way that works for you. Of course, you don't have to do the nine till six, whatever time frame kind of works into your schedule so that you are getting that seven to nine hours. You know, it doesn't really matter whether you're going to bed at 12 and waking up at eight, as long as you are getting that eight hours. That is all for today's episode. I'm actually feeling a little bit sleepy after talking about sleep and my own sleep routine. I hope you feel more informed about sleep and maybe you feel more inspired to create a good sleep routine and get enough sleep. You can start tonight, have a wonderful week, stay safe, and I'll be back in your ears very, very soon. See you later.